0: Back here, 615 Sessions Podcast, A to Z Sports, A to Z SportsNashville.com. Very pleased to be joined by a first timer here on the pod, but no stranger to you balls fans. It is, of course, John Reed of Fox Sports Knoxville and the Reeds Ranch Pod. You can follow my man at John underscore Reed. And we are here to discuss the phenomenon of one coach, Gus Duggerton and the feud that has now erupted amongst Knoxville radio personalities as to whether this should be allowed. Reed, thank you for joining us.
1: Appreciate you having me. Uh, John, two underscores Reed. It's a really common name. One underscore didn't do the trick. Just, oh, you're uh, kidding. Yeah, one underscore didn't do the trick, so just for the people who uh, want to follow along. but uh, And see the drama. It's funny, Buck. I don't know how, you know, you being in Nashville, how familiar you are with the Knoxville media scene, but... This isn't a, 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 an uncommon beef. Like, it happens all the time. Yeah. There had actually been, I guess, about a year and a half of kind of a peace offering of sorts. So it's really weird that a fictional video game character is the, is the thing, is the catalyst to get the beef back and running. But here we are. Yeah, so let's, let's set the scene
0: for the uninitiated. Gus Duggerton is a fictional character of Barstool, Big Cat of Barstool Sports, his imagination. They have been live streaming of uh, the NCAA, uh, NCAA uh, football video game playing for respective college franchises of note. And now Gus Duggerton has taken his talents to Rocky Top, is now 3-0 and as the head coach virtually of the Tennessee Volunteers. And this has created a stir because on the one hand, and I know you talked about this on the Reeds Ranch podcast, rate, review and subscribe wherever it is that you get your podcast, just what a marketing opportunity this presents for the university of Tennessee, because at first I saw the announcement and I said, okay, the balls, they're never going to, they're never going to see engagement on barstool like they have from the Tennessee volunteers band, fan base. I love you all, but you're all crazy people, all of you insane. And so now I see a video of a shirtless John Reed outside of a darkened, closed-off, barricaded Nealon Stadium shouting to the mountaintops about Coach, Coach Gus Duggerton arriving upon Rocky Top. And the, 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 the hosts from WNML, of, of which I am not familiar, uh, well, I'm familiar with the radio station, but the hosts in particular, I, I must say that I am not, have taken some kind of offense to this, John, in a way that is so self-serious and so lacking in self-awareness that I sit here agitated on behalf of Vols fans when I am supposed to be an objective media member and these self-righteous individuals cannot bring
1: themselves to stoop to the level of some video game entertainment. Well, that's what is so surprising to me is because I'm just trying to get everything to line up. like. And my biggest thing in sports and life is be consistent. Don't be a hypocrite, have self-awareness, all those things. So I've been running through things in my head and I'm like, okay, why are they, why do they have a problem with this? And I don't know how much you saw of it, uh, of their explanation, but one host said, I don't think the university of Tennessee should be involved with barstool sports because of their checkered past with Samantha Ponder. And uh, I guess their treatment of women, that's a, a popular criticism of Barstool Sports. and Correct. I won't even say it's unfounded. I don't have a strong opinion about it either way. But these same people that are complaining about it defended Butch Jones throughout the entire Title IX lawsuit, where I don't know how familiar you are with that. but Very. Yeah, there were some bad accusations about, you know, how Coach Jones and how the University of Tennessee ran their program when it came to women. Those same people who had a problem with Barstool defended Butch Jones. Said, ah, you can't, you know, label, you, you can't give one guy all the blame. You can't blame a brand for, you know, some, some, people, some people's actions. So the consistency is not there with that. They, I understand, you know, usually they want to take things super serious. As you said, they lack the, the ability to have fun with sports. Yet, you know, last year they wanted to drum up some attention by sending one of their morning hosts, to live on top of a car dealership, to draw attention to Tennessee's losing streak in the SEC. Infamously. So I'm I'm sitting here saying, okay, so that's okay to have fun with. That's okay to paint the program, use quotations, the program in a bad light, make it make sense for me. Why is it okay to go laugh at a losing streak, but we can't have fun with a fictional coach? That's not serious sports enough. So I've just had a real problem trying to, I guess, make it make sense as to why they drew the line here. Uh, I, can't, I can't figure it out.
0: Which is completely reasonable. John, I don't know how you feel, and I, I can surmise based on your social media presence, the way that which, with which you approach your job, that you understand that we work in the adult playground, like sports are made for us to enjoy and to take lightly and as a communal experience. And in this time, when so few of us are able to have communal experiences, what harm could possibly be done attach And as you mentioned, the barstool criticism, they have had uh, issues of misogyny in their past. I think since they have become more corporate, they have done well in getting away from the original barstool issues that they had when they were just pi- the pirate ship of the Internet, as they call themselves. But now they have brought nothing but excitement and engagement for the University of Tennessee fans in a way that I don't know how sports talk has been in Knoxville – during the pandemic when there's no live sports. But I know you guys live, breathe, and sleep and eat balls, sports talk. There is nothing out there for any of us. And I live in Nashville where there's a lot more for us to discuss than people care
1: about. Like me on my personal show, you know, you kind of summed it up. We don't take it very seriously. So we've been able to kind of talk about pop culture, talk about other things. My show hasn't been too affected by it. But, yeah, like, I mean – You need things to fill content. You need things to just be entertained with at night on TV. So, like, that's there's a reason 20,000, 30,000, 50,000 people are watching these Twitch streams. And I just – I see the benefit of having the power T, of having the color orange, of having Rocky Top playing for a bunch of people across the country who, you know, I don't know if this will change their opinion of Tennessee, but it gives them something else to think about other than – oh, look at all these rednecks who run off their coach or hijack coaching searches or whatever. Like, it's a positive light for Tennessee. And, you know, recruiting-wise, you've seen Tennessee really capitalize on on this opportunity during the dead period or during the quarantine to kind of, you know, catch fire. And I think a big part of that, Buck, is Tennessee is finally ahead of the curve when it comes to building a brand not just for themselves, not just for the team, but for the players, right? Like I think they're doing a good job recruiting because keep in mind, you know, players are about to start being able to make money off their likeness. So Tennessee is pushing your personal brand. I don't know if you saw what happened today at nine o'clock, but oh, the, yes. pl- the players podcast, the, you know, the slice or whatever they're calling it, got the biggest podcaster this side of Joe Rogan and Bill Simmons to come on their feed and talk. I'm sure the subscriptions went through the roof. The plays went through the roof. So now when these players get the, get their podcast feedback, they're going to have thousands of more subscribers and just more opportunities for the players to build a brand for the Tennessee brand to become cool, to become the thing among, you know, 18 or let's, let's even go younger, 14 to you know 30 year olds. That's invaluable. That's priceless. Like that's millions of dollars of worth of marketing. Like, I don't like Darren Rovell, but, but he always has the, uh, the advertising p- price of, wow, this exposure is worth X amount of dollars. Like He's got the line. Right. Tennessee has you know probably generated half a million, a million dollars worth of advertising over the last week from this, and I just don't see how that could be a bad thing. For a radio station, for anybody in Knoxville who makes more money Let's face it, we're not supposed to root for the team. But when the team is good, it's easier to sell advertising. It's easier to have people watch. It's it's easier to have people listen. One hand watches the other, both watch the face type of thing. I'm not usually on the side of UT, which is the whole ironic thing about it, Buck, is this radio station that's complaining about it usually gets labeled as state-run media because they're defending everything the university does. Yet the one thing that they're really nailing right now is the thing they happen to have a problem with. I, I just can't make it make sense.
0: Oh, well, that's because it doesn't. That's why we were discussing it, John. That's, Fair this enough. Is, this is why we need sound logic and reason, like uh, intellectual in, individuals, such as the two of us clearly sitting and yammering about sports, to dissect the problems with the media writ large. No, I and, and I appreciate, the, as we talked about self-awareness, this is, this is an organization... I would assume, that feels like they have been left out of the party, like they've been left on the outside looking in. Like they can't embrace it, so they're going to take the unpopular opinion and create engagement in a completely different way by standing out there, out there by themselves and saying, no, 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 we are, we are above this at this point. We cannot stoop to these levels. And so we'll take the easy stance of misogynistic barstool, attaching itself to the, the eminently valuable brand of the power tea As you mentioned, and we will we will poo poo this thing because this is the lane where nobody wants to exist. So we will then occupy it.
1: I'm not even giving them that much credit. I don't think it's an interactions (laughs) thing. I think it's uh, these people are having fun. And at my radio station, we have you know you you mentioned the shirtless video that did 200 thousand views. Like that was something that energizes my portion of the fan base. And you know there there are demographic things that are you know at play here too, like. We're younger. We have more idea of what happens on the internet. We are in, you know, more of uh, the Barstool you understand lane. what Twitch is. <laughs> right, right. We understand what Twitch is. We understand, you know, the whole Barstool phenomenon. And, you know, Barstool, you know, philosophically lines up with what we believe in. Not, not so much, you know, uh, broader – or not so much in the, uh, the the smaller picture, but the broader sense of people – rooting for their teams, having fun with it, not pretending to be professional or, you know, not, not pretending to be too serious. That matches up with what we do. Whereas the other side wants to, you know, straight, stay straight, and narrow. And I think it eats them up. So I wouldn't even give them the credit of saying, Hey, let's be contrarian here because I mean, there's money to be made for being a contrarian, right? I mean, you, you can't do that. I Played think
0: Travis lives not
1: far from me. <laughs> right. Right. Perfect example. Which, by the way, I think it has to eat Clay Travis up that that Barstool has completely hijacked the Tennessee fund.
0: And he refuses to engage in any of it, which kills me.
1: Not only do you have Portnoy taking the open back up, the the virus is over, Freedom, he stole that from him. And then also, yeah, now they have hijacked the Tennessee brand. So uh, that's just a funny aside. But yeah, like... I think it's just uh, you have two sides of the sports media landscape that don't agree with each other, and this is a perfect example of uh, the difference in philosophy here. I I agree. So let's let's talk
0: about let's talk about the Tennessee brand as a whole and the evolution of it because I I'm not uh, not originally uh, originally from Tennessee. Came, Where are you Cam, from? I'm from Ed, Evansville, Indiana. I went okay. to IU, so you have yet another thing over me. As a Tennessee fan base, it's the first IU football game I've go. watched in my entire life, John, and I ended up losing my hair as a result of it because these damn Volunteers yeah, me by too. one point yeah, me fourteen. Too. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yours grew back way better than I did when I saved mine the last time. That's well, fair.
0: It's uh, listen, I I get very few things outside of some off-color jokes from being half Egyptian, but a good tan and great hair. That's all we got. Anyway, coming down from Indiana in the midst of the Butch Jones firing coach search that resulted, the Shiano hire, non-hire, John Curry, Bev Davenport, all of the things that transpired to give the public view as we're talking about how Tennessee has now reinvented itself, for lack of a better term. It is now being broadcast to a much larger demographic that is trying to familiarize itself again with Tennessee removed from the public consciousness of the, the greatness of the football program that used to be Tennessee at that time, when Butch Jones left the program, when the Shiano thing went down, when Tennessee was made a bit of a public mockery by people like Dan Wolkin and, and those who chose to traffic in the narrative of insane rednecks as you may, may, my word insane uh, crazed rednecks for lack of a better term. It seems that over the course of those, what has it been, three three, or four years at this point.
1: Yeah, 2017. So yeah, I mean, 16, 17, four or five years, three, whatever.
0: Since all of that has transpired, Tennessee has made a public and conscious effort to reinvigorate the fan base, to re-energize the interest in Tennessee football, and this latest collaboration, we'll call it, with Barstool in a way that they have now licensed official Tennessee merchandise to be sold by Barstool, T-shirts, coach Gus Duggerton on all of it. Outstanding stuff if you're talking about financially, but Tennessee, the, the efforts that they have made in your opinion, John, to kind of get this thing back on track from a, from an optics view. How have you, what have you made of the job that they have done thus far and, and, outside of the football because that seems to be trending in the right direction. What what is your evaluation of that?
1: No, it's funny because under Butch Jones, they really tried to tap into the internet and they really tried to tap into being, being ahead of the curve to the point where Butch Jones tweeted out most followed coach in the country. People started, (laughs) people started doing some research and it looked like he bought a whole lot of followers. Like, they tried to do the hip thing and it just felt so forced and manufactured. And I'll give Jeremy Pruitt and the people over there at UT right now, a ton of credit because he did the opposite. Like it was a talking point here, Buck, that the first two years, Jeremy Pruitt really didn't give a damn about building a relationship with the fan base. It was more about, Hey, we're going to try to fix football. And we're a unique place that we have such an internet population that we can kind of carry that ourselves for a while. Like we kind of have enough community, enough passion to, we don't need to be placated to, but now, you know, you win six games in a row, you, you have some some good vibes coming out of the off season and then it just clicked with Tennessee. They got some people that started pushing and it's a lot easier to push these things, right? It's a lot easier to push them when you feel good about the program, but because If we were coming off of a 5-7 and season or we lost to Indiana, we wouldn't be having as much fun with the Coach Doug stuff. Like, it would feel really tone deaf. It would feel really corny. But you have football success. You have recruiting success. And the feelings around the program right now are as good as they've been in three or four years, right? So you're able to have more fun. And then Tennessee kind of hired some young coaches. I'll, I'll give Brian Niedemeyer. A lot of credit for this he is a young recruiter who connects with people and he sees the value in doing things like this and trying to build a personal brand like all of this is connected and I don't think it's Pruitt and that's perfectly fine you know you talk about the difference in culture like Butch Jones and Derek Dooley the two coaches before Jeremy Pruitt they were micromanagers they wanted everything to be done their way and you know Never in a million years could you convince me that Jeremy Pruitt is the one that said, you know what, let's go all in with this Coach Doug's thing. Let's go all in with this player podcast. No, I think he's focused on football. I think he's focused on recruiting. And he's letting the people who know what they're doing, the marketing people, the younger coaches who are recruiting, let them do their thing. And I think that's paying huge dividends right now.
0: Without question, and, and as you mentioned, the football, I mean, the success on the field is what predicates all of this. There's no there's no guarantee that Coach Duggs even comes to Knoxville if this is a a, uh, a team that finished with a losing record rather than rallying to rattle off six straight and win a bowl game over my mighty Indiana Hoosiers. Uh, let's quickly, John, and I appreciate your time. Again, you can check John Reed out on Fox Sports Knoxville down there, in, uh, down there on Rocky Top as well as the... Reed's Ranch Podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. At John double underscore Reed is where you you follow my man. SEC Sports officially to reopen on June the 8th. The announcement coming down earlier today. There have been measures put into effect. Workouts will be monitored under the strict supervision of designated university personnel and safety guidelines developed by each institution. We are all looking desperately, it seems, in a time of unremitting bleakness for some sign of hope, especially when it comes to live sports. College, college athletics being held in the balance more than any other given how vulnerable student populations are and how, how responsible the, the universities are for the well-being of said students and student athletes as well. When you hear this news that SEC sports will return June 8th, your immediate reaction was what?
1: My immediate reaction was that they were able to compromise and it helps the SEC look better initially because they went to June 1st and, you know, a couple ADs pushed back on that. They went to June 15th. So they compromised June 8th. That way they're in line with like Ohio State. That way it looks like the, the South isn't rushing back to this. So that was my initial takeaway was, okay, they compromised and pushed back a little bit. My second takeaway was this was a kind of a foregone conclusion, right? Like we know they're going to try as hard as they can to play football. We know that. Like, there's just too much money at stake. To me, the question now is, can we get far enough to where we have full stadiums? And how do you feel about that, Buck, if you had to pick right now? That's something we've been dissecting, and we don't really know how to handicap it in terms of full stadiums because I saw people talk about Nealon's plans for social distancing where they would max out at 35,000 people. To me, that sounds kind of dumb just because I don't know how you're going to police people in the stands. 35,000 people, if their virus is in there, that's going to take it back out to the, to the community anyways. So I feel like if you're going to do it, you just have to go all in. Where are you at right now with the, uh, the attendance in, stand, in, in the stands?
0: My opinion of it is very much that there will not be fans in okay. the stands. Because so none at all? At, in, the, in the case of the NFL, my, my job specific outside of covering Nashville sports as a whole, the Titans on a day-to-day basis is the team that I cover and understanding that the NFL feels at the earliest it would be December or January before they're comfortable behind closed doors allowing fans. And because how, how then do you regulate it? Not only within the stadium, once the fans are in the stands, how do you decide, well, Johnny gets a ticket to the Bills game, but he doesn't get a ticket to the Ravens game? Or how do you then measure out who gets to go to what game? Is there a lottery? All of these things that inherently complicate it in a way that at the end of the day, personally, I don't think it's worth the risk of increased exposure and how much, how much more things like large sporting events and concerts and large gatherings of human beings in general could expedite the pandemic that we are trying so desperately to flatten the curve on.
1: Yeah, and I definitely agree in terms of the NFL, just because the TV money is just so much different there. Like, you don't even really have to have the fans uh, no, to be no, able I, to. I will say though, John, I saw the the Adam Schefter report about a
0: potential loss of thirty to eighty million dollars in salary cap should the NFL hold a season without fans. Three point two billion. So is-
1: that 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 wouldn't be offset, like in terms of the extra games, because my take was I thought you know the two extra playoff games would maybe kind of offset the entire loss from no fans in the NFL so I guess not immediately in theory they could they, there could be
0: measures taken to borrow against future earnings sure, as you're talking sure. about supplement that income with advanced, uh, increased playoff uh, playoff team playoff berths that will mm-hmm. be instituted in this year's postseason but at this point uh, they're talking about it is it is an estimated between 30 and 80 million dollar. Salary cap reduction wow. after this okay. league has increased about ten million dollars every year over the past seven years.
1: Yeah, so so I guess the NFL does need fans as much as college because I just saw, you know, it was almost a third of the college operating budgets and in, in the income. Oh, yeah. across the country is like sixty-one million if there's no football, eighteen million uh, just from ticket sales alone. So. That's where my mind went as someone with tickets to Oklahoma and tickets to Denver for opening Monday Night Football. I was like, am I going to be allowed to be in the stands? So I know they're going to try hard to do it, but that's to me the new argument because I always knew they were going to try to do football. You know, They're not going to cancel the season. So now it's just well, what's next when it comes to uh, people in attendance.
0: Well, we will all find out what is next uh, as each day passes and new meetings and councils and all kind of legislation to the sports that we hold, we all hold so dear uh, are, are mitigated in the coming weeks and months. In the meantime, we will be paying attention to all things happening on social media and on radio and in the world of podcast of our man, John Reed. Kind enough to join us here on the 615 Sessions podcast. Again, Fox Sports, Knoxville. Is where you can hear him. He's got the Reed's Ranch podcast. Rate, review, and subscribe. And you throw him a follow at John Double Underscore Reed. It was a pleasure to meet you, John, virtually. I appreciate your time on short notice, and keep up, keep up what you're doing because I just I can't stand the kind of pretension in what it is we do for for a living for some people. So I'm very happy to see that there are other warriors out there leading for the leading the charge for fun in sports.
1: I appreciate you, Buck. I appreciate you having me on. Shout out to A to Z Sports. Uh, I've noticed, like, I mean, from afar, like, just the growth of A to Z Sports has been really fun to watch, too. I mean, from, you know, Austin and Zach getting started a couple years ago and watching that grow and then bringing you on, it looks like you guys are uh, feeling a need, too. Like, we're all just kind of trying to, you know, quench people's thirst for different coverage in sports, and you guys are doing. The same thing in Nashville and across the state. So shout out to you guys.